You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard. I'll be your host this week, Matt. You can follow me on Twitter at MattFFDynasty. And today we've got a very exciting show coming up with a very exciting guest, but before we get to his uh, special guest, I'll introduce my co-host. So first up, we've got Ali. You can follow on Twitter at FF Dynasty Grill. How are you doing, Ali? I'm very well, thank you, Matt. Still think I'm recovering from Sunday night. Still a bit yeah. tired. I've got bags under my eyes. But um, but yeah, it was a fantastic game. Um, and now it's the, the off-season. It's when it gets exciting for us Dynasty players. How are you? Yeah, not too bad like yourself. Obviously still recovering from, uh, from Sunday's game, but... It was all worth it in the end. Went uh, a great game, like you mentioned. Good that we we got to have uh, an exciting game, and and as I say, all, all worth it in the end. Sadly, I had to work on Monday, so <laughs> feeling even extra even extra tired than what I should be. But obviously, a rookie mistake on my end, so I can't complain. But with that, I'll introduce the second co-host, Kev. You can follow on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Go. How are you doing, Kev? Yeah, good. Thank you. It was a cracking Sunday night super, was it? The the game yeah. itself. Um, Halftime show. I mean, other than fifty cent looking like one dollar, um, <laughs> I think it was it was bang on. Um, and it's a strange part of the off season. Obviously, it's sad to be finishing the season, but this is when dynasty gets really exciting. Right now, obviously, you should be done a bit of prep. But yeah, we're uh, we're in the thick of things now. It's all coming, all coming good at the right time. Absolutely, as I say, it's it's uh, for me. It's one of the best times of the year. It's it's a time where we can we can have his takes and, and we don't get it coming back in his face until until we get around to the season. So people forget, yeah. don't they? So it's, it's exactly brilliant. yeah. You can have all the takes you want at the minute. <laughs> but with that, we've got a, a great guest coming on, someone that's going to give us some of his own takes. So we're looking forward to it. And he is a UK member of the Fantasy Collective, a huge Miami Dolphins fan, as I'm sure you know if you follow him on Twitter. And he's the winner, actually, of the Fantasy Wildcard Green Dynasty League. So a, a huge congratulations to that. And we give a warm Fantasy Wildcard welcome to Wardy. You can follow on Twitter at Wardy96. And that's Wardy with three Ys. I believe one Y for every time your account's been suspended, Wardy. Is that right? It is, mate. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah I, I did not have a good time trying to create that account at all. I've, so I had to take my access away from the collective account just in case this one goes as well. So yeah, I'm no stranger to creating accounts. Uh, apart from that, though, how how are you doing, mate? Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Thank you, mate. En- yeah, enjoy the game. Um, yeah, it was a good one. I didn't sort of really know what to expect with it being too probably not favoured teams mm-hmm. um but yeah i thought it was a a really good game i thought you know cincinnati did as probably as well as they can with the offensive line that they've got yeah but yeah i think um a worthy winner in the rams yeah absolutely as you mentioned i think the bengals did really well trying to try and hold off Aaron donald right up until the end and sadly <laughs> So that's that's the way the game ended. But as you say, a, a great game, and and like I mentioned on the last show, Kevin Alley, glad that Odell Beckham got his ring. Sadly, didn't quite have the game that we were expecting, but made a hot start. But yeah, it was great to see him see him get that ring, and, and LA Rams take the take the Super Bowl. So on today's show, we're going to be getting Wardy on, and he's going to be giving us his dynasty value winners and losers from the 2021 season. So it's going to be a really exciting show. We're going to start off with the value winners. And naturally, we're going to start at the quarterback position. So, Wardy, who's your quarterback that you think dynasty value has has increased the most and, and is the winner? Um, I'm going to say Justin Herbert. 
Um, and yes. that's possibly a strange one because he's probably gone from sort of on the periphery of top five to solid top three. But I just think he's gone from being a guy that you would say is in the top five to now you're questioning whether he's the QB1 overall. So I think definitely value-wise he's gone up the most. Yeah. I always knew I liked you, Wardy. Um, <laughs> I, I take a week off the show and I come back and the first person I get to talk about is is Justin Herbert. It's just <laughs> it's perfect. Um, and as you mentioned, it's, it's in terms of numbers, it's not the biggest riser, um, not the biggest winner in, in terms of rankings, but it's just that that tear jump, as you say, from outside the top five. He's now certainly to be inside the top five and is in the sort of the elite tier with Kyler Lamar. And the rest of them as well. He's just such a fun quarterback to watch, gunslinger, and he's in such an exciting offense. He can he can also run when he needs to. Um, and I think just that excites me of Herbert is just I just think that there's more to come with Justin Herbert. If you think he's just 23 years old, he's played almost two full seasons and he's been the quarterback nine, the quarterback two. So it's just been a fantastic start to his NFL career. Incredibly similar to Pat Mahomes' figures. Thanks for them, Kev. Um, and we've got. We've got that mad doctor to thank for puncturing Ty- Tyrod Taylor's lung. Um, it was obviously meant to be. Um, I just think there's more rushing to come from Herbert, especially in and around the goal line, a bit like Josh Allen does. He averages eight rushing touchdowns a year. So I think Herbert can increase that and get similar to those figures. And I think I'm actually going to boldly state that I think that there's even value in quarterback four that he is right now. I think he will join Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes in my top tier come next offseason. Um, obviously, the Mike Williams wide receiver two situation needs sorting out. But other than that, it's, it's a continuation of a really good, aggressive offense that suits Herbert down to the ground. So for me, it's an absolute great pick. Um, question back to you, Wardy, is how high would you take Justin Herbert in the Superflex startup draft this offseason? Um, well, if we're talking about him being sort of QB1, I'd probably have no problems taking him uh first overall like you say it's, it's 20 it's 23 um i think the ceiling is sort of the it's the sky for him really i know sort of last year he he did have a game over 40 points and flirted with getting a couple more 40 point games um so i think his ceiling is is really really high so with the age and like you said the offense taken into it i'd, I'd definitely go 101. Love it. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the ceiling is definitely there. But do you have any concerns at all? Ali just touched on the fact, I mean, Mike Williams, we don't know if he's going to be staying with, with the Chargers. Do you have any concerns, uh, Keenan Allen as well, getting up there in age? Any concerns with the receiving weapons? Do you think maybe they, they look for um, more weapons? Or... Possibly, yeah. I think um, they're probably due getting a tight end, whether that comes through the yeah. draft or um, in the off season. Um, but to be honest, I think Mike Williams would his best thing is to stay in, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. is to stay in LA, whether it takes sort of like a, a discount, um, because he's sort of been an inconsistent guy and this year has been his real breakout. So I think the sensible move for him would be to stay where he is. So hopefully he does that. Yeah. Kev, have you got any, any thoughts on Justin Herbert? Yeah. I- Completely agree with Wardy. Everything he said, 101, he's, it'd be fine for me to take him there. Um, yeah. His ADP is QB4, often QB3 in places. Um, I think the way the charges are set up, they've got a ton of cap room. I think they'll keep Mike Williams. Um, 
and that cap room, they might add a free agent tight end, someone to impact now, because I do think the Super Bowl window is potentially now, if they get a bit of luck and a few additions on defence. Uh, there's a lot of interesting tight ends out there. David Njoku springs to mind also. Um, maybe maybe Wardy's tight end value winner might be a nice fit there as well, but I'm not going to say any more on him. Um, so, yeah, big, big fan of Herbert. And like, like you say, you've got Mahomes with his old weapons. You've got Allen with Diggs, who's late 20s. Maybe maybe Keenan Allen, he's going to stick around for a while. So, yep. yeah, very happy with your pick. Wardy, well done. Yeah, mate, full, full agreement on complete. that. Exactly, completed <laughs> the first one. So we're going to move on to the second one, obviously going to the, the running back position. Which uh, which running back have you selected? Uh, so I've gone with Elijah Mitchell. Um, and this is pretty much to do with his... ADP shooting up as high as it has. Um, I think sort of we've got uh, RB69 uh, last August to now RB18, which which is just huge. He was sort of buried behind uh, Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon even yes. um, last year. And he's just sort of took over the whole backfield and really sort of made it his own. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with him from sort of nothing to being a, a legitimate fantasy weapon. Trace, um, and that just made me laugh then. Um, <laughs> I forgot, forgot about him. Um, but yeah, just personally a big fan of Mitchell pre-NFL draft. Um, I went on the five-yard five yard dynasty show last April and called him as my sleep running back. I'm not going to tell you my other selections at QB, <laughs> wide receiver and tight end, Kenny Aboa, but... Um, <laughs> But yeah, he was a, a good pick that I'll I'll um, stick my hand up to. Uh, but actually, all three of us at Fantasy Wildcard have been really high on him, and it's probably our best collective take to be be really in on Elijah Mitchell. I think if you listen to us, you've smashed it. I think you've got an interesting choice now in Mitchell, whether to cash out or ride it out with him. Um, running back 18 at keep trade cut, I think it's fair based on him being running back 14 in fantasy points per game last season. And I think when they do move to Trey Lance, it's, it's got the potential to rise even higher. So personally, I'm happy to move off Mitchell in some places. Um, one concern I've got is durability. Um, 18 touches in nine out of the 11 games that he played, uh, but he did have four different injuries just last season. And he never averaged more than 15 touches per game in college. So I think that's a concern. I think also the pass usage, I don't see that increasing with Trey Lance as a rushing QB. And I think there'll be a lower pass volume overall, plus great target competition. We know about Ayuk, Debo, George Kittle. Uh, they can't all be studs if the pass volume is going to go down. So in my opinion, I think if you can get the rookie running back one for Elijah Mitchell, I'd personally be happy to do that because I do like the running back one of this class. I'm not going to tell you too much about who it is just yet, just in case Wardy wants to bring his name up. But... Um, my question to you, Wardy, is how many of the incoming rookie running backs would you take over Mitchell? Um, so I'm going to say at least three, and probably everybody's <laughs> top three. Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, Kenneth Walker. Um, then you've got to sort of add in Kyron Williams, uh, Rashad White as well. And then the sort oh, yes. of landing spot <laughs> running backs um, that... Could I don't know. I'm just sort of I don't trust San Francisco with the running backs. I think we've seen every year they've had the top running back, and then the next year they've they've either 
got another guy involved or like you say durability issues so yeah i'm i'm gonna sit, probably stick my neck out and say four um the top three plus uh karen williams as well yeah i think that's that's understandable obviously we're in the middle of of rookie hype at the moment the the nfl draft will, will be coming around before we know it and we're all getting excited about these incoming rookies and, and running backs especially it's obviously a position that that is so much fun when it comes to to fantasy but i'm just going to touch back on that on the uh current adp of rb18 so that's making mitchell uh around uh an rb2 late rb2 would you be comfortable having him as your, your rb2 in fantasy um yeah i think the way San Francisco's scheme, the the running backs, there should always be opportunity. There should always be running lanes there for him. Um, Like you say, with Trey Lance probably going to get the starting job, that probably does lower the ceiling and the floor. But yeah, as an RB2, I think I'm pretty comfortable with him. Yeah, absolutely. And and if you did select me your rookie draft, you've obviously got him for, for next to nothing. And with that increase in value, I mean, why not continue to to ride it out? We love the the backfield at, at San Francisco. We know the the rewards it reaps in terms of fantasy points. So yeah, I think it's I think he's a great player to if you've got him to to at least hold him and like I've touched upon, maybe if if you're looking to, to cash in now could potentially be a, a good time to do that. But we'll move on now to, to the wide receiver position, Warden. Who's your, your value winner at the wide receiver position? Um, so I've gone Hunter Renfro, um, sort of out of nowhere. He, yeah. he finished, uh, where did he finish? Well, he's wide receiver 33 now. And I think, was he wide receiver 12, something like that? It, it was something 11. along there. Um, so uh, sort of from a waiver wire pickup in the leagues that, that I've been in to sort of a top, even a wide receiver two finishes is still pretty good. And, you know, just looking sort of ADP, nothing last year to wide receiver 33. <laughs> I think that's, that's a pretty good jump. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a former fifth round pick in, in the NFL, and like you say, he's took a huge leap in, in 2021, becoming one of quarterback Derek Carr's favourite targets. Stepped in for Darren Waller, who obviously had a bit of a, a down season. He had missed six games through through injury. And, and as I say, Renfrew, he stepped forward, become really the only reliable pass-catching weapon on, on this offence alongside Darren Waller. And when obviously Henry Ruggs, he got released after, after the car crash afterwards. Uh, driving over the limit, and then uh, Brian Edwards, obviously another guy that's that's been real disappointed. A lot of people had had hopes for him having a, having a good season, but didn't happen. So yeah, as you say, Renfro really stepped up, averaged seven targets per game, fifteen fantasy points per game. Um, one of the best yards after catch wide receivers in in the NFL as well last season. He had four hundred and forty seven yards after the catch, which was four point three yards after catch per reception, and that was ninth among among wide receivers in the NFL. So again, really impressive with his his yards after a catch. Personally, he's a guy that I've never really been super high on, never really, I don't think I've got him in any of my, my leagues at the moment. Um, and I do wonder, looking forward, is, does his production become effective? Because I think it's it's inevitable that, that the Raiders look at getting some more pass-catching weapons in, in this off-season, as I say, with the, the lack of talent around around Renfro and, and Darren Waller. Um, so I do believe it makes him a really interesting player as we're, as we're heading to the off-season. So, Wardy, I'm going to ask you a, a classic fantasy wildcard question, one that seems to, to be asked every time we do an episode, and it's given the spike in value, are you, are you now buying, selling, or holding Hunter Renfro in Dynasty? Um, I'm going to say selling um, for some of the reasons that you've touched on. Uh, Las Vegas are probably due to 
sign a wide receiver in free agency or draft, um, you know, to fill that sort of Henry Ruggs role that they never really filled. Uh, plus, you've got Darren Waller that's, fingers crossed, going to come back healthy. He's going to be 27 during the 2022 season. So, you know, coming back off the back of a career year, I, I don't think it's unlikely that he repeats this, you know, with the, the age apex and just everything like that. He's it, sort of come out of nowhere and I don't think his, his price is going to be too much higher than it probably is now. Yeah, Ali, what's your, your feelings on Hunter Renfro? I personally, I think he's more a hole just because I don't think you're going to get the value in a trade. I would see so little trades featuring Hunter Renfro. I just honestly couldn't put a, a figure on what he's worth right now because he's, you know, he's not worth a first, but he, he seems like he's worth more than a second. It's one of them, one of them strange ones. Um, it's just, it's just been a fantastic season. There's that picture of him either standing next to DK Metcalf or he's been superimposed <laughs> and <laughs> he looks, he looks so tiny compared to him, but his production was just off the charts. But I think it'd be a hold for me just because I don't think you'll get the value for what he can, he can produce. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on the same lines. Kev? Yeah, pretty similar. I think, first of all, the Raiders, um, what he touched upon it, um, replacing Ruggs is going to be a definite most this offseason. Someone like Jameson Williams in the draft, I think he's what we wanted Henry Ruggs to be. Um, yeah, and you do worry about guys that are volume dependent when there's not a lot else around. Obviously, you've got to earn your targets, and he probably will still have a decent amount of targets, but Waller missed parts of the season and didn't have a lot else. He had Zay Jones balling out, which uh, under Sean Jackson, who's mid 30s, uh, he's about as old as me, so that's <laughs> a shame. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's probably more attainable in startups. If I was yeah. to, as I guess, just because he hasn't got that name value, probably if you got him, you're just going to hold him anyway. So yeah, trying to get him, you've probably got owners that have got that bit of affinity to him for being enough into something yeah i think I've, I've been looking at a lot of mock drafts obviously as i mentioned it's it's getting so exciting time of, of the season in terms of the draft and i've seen a lot of people mocking uh wide receivers in the first round going to to the raiders chris uh, guys like you mentioned um williams chris alave as well as a guy that i've seen touted to, to potentially land there so yeah if they do spend that kind of capital on a wide receiver you do just have to start questioning can he can he continue to see that that level of volume and, and like what he touched upon if, if Waller comes back and and he's back to full health you'd think that he's gonna again be one of Derek Carr's favorite favorite targets moving forward so yeah definitely an interesting guy like I said as, as we're heading to into the offseason and with that, that that moves on nice to the tight end and, and your selection for the tight end um value win award it um yeah so I went uh with Kev's favorite Dalton Schultz um <laughs> yes. so just he had quite a good 2020 season um, and then obviously backed it up with a, a overall tight end three finish um, in the 2021 season. So, yeah, I think he's gone from somebody who everybody was saying, oh, he's, you know, Blake Jarwin was coming back and people wondering what sort of role he's going to be. But, you know, he, he's quite clearly been Dallas's, you know, tight end one there. So he's had a pretty good season. Yeah, I think um, Kev wasn't too happy when I posted my tight end rankings <laughs> to see Schultz was a bit lower than what he wanted. Um, but yeah, I think you're right, Kev, when you said, I think it's time we give Schultz some respect for what he's done the last two seasons. It 
that 2020 season, I thought it was a mirage, but it actually wasn't. And I don't think anybody saw that tight end free finish last season. It was unbelievable. And it's pretty, pretty amusing that in this high powered Dallas offense that every other piece literally disappointed for the 2021 season, all apart from the tight end Dalton Schultz. Um, yeah, it was the other tight end that I was higher on coming into the season. I think I've just got to let my love for Blake Jarwin go. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a huge jump from tight end 29 to current tight end 11 ranking. I think it's deservedly so. I do think there's definite scope for him to go higher as we approach the new season. Just thinking if Dallas do re-sign him either via a new contract or via the franchise tag, then I think he'll definitely be top 10. Certainly will be for me. He's my current tight end 12. Um I think that just that risk is <clears throat> just keeping him there. Um, but I do think he does sit above all the t- other tight ends in that tight end wasteland we keep going on about. I I don't think that he's tight at touchdown dependent to produce fantasy points like a lot of them at 808 yards, which was sixth most in the NFL for a tight end. And he had 78 catches, which was third most. Uh, he was used all over the field, which is really good to see. Personally, I think if he does re-sign, which I kind of expect to happen, then he deserves to be ranked a lot higher, nearer sort of Pat Frymuth and Dallas Goddard in that tier, just below the the elite ones for me. Um, then if he doesn't re-sign, I think there's there's going to be a lot more risk baked into picking him next season. Um, you know, tight ends don't don't usually land at a new place and just you know hit off the bat just produce. So um, there's certainly some risk there. Um, my question to you, Wardy, is where would you rank him in dynasty if he was to re-sign in Dallas, and then how far would he fall if he did leave? Um, yeah, so if he signs in Dallas, I think definitely top 10, top 8 is fair. Um, you know, I think he's sort of comfortable with the offence, with Kellen Moore, how he sort of schemes everything, uh, comfortable with Dak. And like you say, it, there's a lot of risk sort of baked into him if he if he goes elsewhere, because, you know, he, he could land somewhere good like Jacksonville or, or uh, LA Chargers. But then you've also got people like possible Indy um, who sort of have the, the cat space to maybe make a splash at tight end position where, you know, Carson Wentz is, is probably going to be released or traded. So there's a huge question mark at quarterback there. So, yeah, I think his, his outlook's definitely a, a lot more favourable if he signs with Dallas. If he doesn't sign with Dallas, probably anywhere between top, I'd probably go as low as top, like twenty. If he if he does go somewhere that's that, that that's just sort of not not going to utilize him properly, but yeah, top eight if he stays in Dallas. Yeah, I think that that's the struggle in it. The minute if you if you say he leaves, there's 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 landing spots which you'd love, like he touched upon the Chargers. In there, these are great landing spots, but at the same time. There's, there's definitely landing spots where you'd start to be worried. Kev, we can't talk about Schultz and not let you have a have a little bit of excitement <laughs> over him. In, so, come on, Kev, the floor is yours. I've got nothing to say. Um, <laughs> I just, I think you're right. If he stays in Dallas, you're going to be a lot happier in Dynasty. Um, I do think there's a few spots out there where he could maintain his value, but like, there's a lot of spots where he could end up in a really bad spot. Um, I just think it's it's an interesting part of the off season where if you're doing startups or if you're doing trade, you've kind of got to think about what could happen in free agency and the draft. So, yeah, he's if you're doing a startup now, I probably wouldn't take him as high as I would in 
three months' time. Yeah, it's just a little bit of a gambling at the moment, not knowing the the future outlook of him. It's it's a lot easier with these guys that are, are locked in under under contract with Schultz. It's there's there's a lot of variables going into it as uh, as we head into into the off season. So with that, we're going to now move on to to the value losers, and we're going to go to to your quarterback dynasty value loser order. Uh, yeah, I've gone Baker Mayfield. Um, so he not really had a a good season at all. You know, throwing thirteen interceptions. Um, he had a sort of decent season in 2020 that if it had built off it you know it was QB 18 um last August but he, he sort of not not really built upon a, a good season at all and you know I think he's shown everybody what his ceiling is and I think under current circumstances it, it is really low um in terms of quarterbacks yeah he's dropped from a mid QB2 to that QB two three cusp at ADP. Um, the OBG OBJ connection never materialised, which was strange. Plus the the pass weapons overall was by average. I'm really sorry to say that with you being a big Jarvis Landry fan, Wardy. Um, <laughs> but everyone else was rubbish. Landry was great, but everyone else was really poor. Um, yeah, he's never topped 170 rush yards in any season in the NFL, which gives him the lowest ceiling and for the most. But I do wonder if it's more to do with the scheme than ability he had. 1,000 rush yards and 20 rushing touchdowns in his four-year college career. Um, would a move away from Cleveland make him more appealing uh, is the question. I think Baker, playing on his fifth-year option, um, he's going to be a free agent in 2023, in my opinion. Um, and when you've got your QB 2-3, it's all about having job security. It's huge just having those points on your on your dynasty roster, the, the steady points you know you're going to get every week. Having a QB 2 or 3 that's going to get benched after one week is... A bad process, really <laughs> tough to get back from. Um, so yeah, I think there's no guarantees it's started after this season. So I think thinking ahead, you've got that decision do you sell him now at a lower price or do you potentially risk it trying to sell him later in the season for a bigger loss when he's potentially not looking at a job? So, um, a question about sort of pivots like which QB would you look to pivot from Baker to in Dynasty? And this can be sort of adding something to Baker to get a better QBR. Um, sort of getting yeah. a QB plus for him. Yeah, well, I'm sort of going to pivot from the pivot and say I would sort of try <laughs> package him together to get a a high first round pick and possibly go after one of the the rookie QBs. Um, I just think, like we've touched on, the the low ceiling. It's I'm sort of like a bit of a risk taker in fantasy where I like those guys that are sort of boom or bust really. So if you could package him together and get I don't know a, a draft pick where you can get like a Malik Willis or someone like that I definitely definitely do I know it'd probably take a lot because people's perception of Baker Mayfield is probably the lowest it's ever been but that's I've, I've definitely tried to sort of go for one of them I would say another QB but We'll touch on him later, so I'm not not ruining that surprise. Oh, I like it. Oh, little tease. <laughs> now, I think I think you make a, a great point with that word, especially with this this QB class. People seem to be pretty low on it as a, as a whole. Mm. So, I mean, even though Baker Mayfield is a guy that we're not all that high on in, in terms of fantasy, if if you if you're in a fantasy league and and somebody's got these these first round rookie picks and and they're maybe looking at a quarterback, maybe they do fancy going for somebody that's a little bit more proven, or be it not. Not super impressive, but at least we know with Baker Mayfield, there's that opportunity that he can 
can take a step forward. And as I say, with the with the fact that the consensus is that this QB class isn't isn't the greatest, maybe they'd rather just get that known asset in in Baker Mayfield. So I do think that's a a great idea, a great strategy that people can can implement in in the dynasty leagues if if they do have Baker Mayfield. Um, Ali, what what's your feelings on Baker? Would you would you potentially do something like that and and try and get one of these rookie QBs, or, or are you the opposite side of the fence? Would you have him at the books? Yeah, would you no, take him at the books? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I'd rather have Carl Trask at the back. But um, I just think is, I just think is, I don't think you should be moving him this off season unless someone really believes in him. I think the right thing is to to hold him. I think yeah. unless he has an absolute terrible season this season coming up i think he still will get a shot on another team i think if you look at some of the starting quarterbacks this season i think baker mayfield is better than those quarterbacks so i think he will get another shot and i think that would be the time to sell him if he does get a move to another team perhaps next off season but right now um i'd be holding him um unless i got an upside shot like malik willis um i don't think i'd be moving him yeah, I think like so with the fact that the, the the value is so low at the minute, it feels like kind of the only way it can go is up if obviously he enters mm. free agency next season and start getting rumors of him joining another team, you feel like that value is gonna gonna potentially creep back up and people get excited moving away from from the Browns who we know are quite a run heavy team <laughs> and it's it's not being favorable for, for Baker. So yeah, potentially hold him for another year and and just take your chance and see what happens next year with uh, with a move. So with that, we're gonna now move on to to your value lose at the running back position, Water. Yeah, I've gone for Christian McCaffrey. Um, and it's his sort of value in terms of draft spots not gone down a huge lot, but just in terms of his sort of overall value, I think um in non-superflex leagues, he was pretty much the consensus number one overall pick. Um, and in terms of trading, it was pretty much untouchable, whereas now you're sort of seeing him drop into the second round. You see, you've seen managers put him on trade blocks, seeing what's out there for him. So, you know, I think he's gone from, you know, untouchable to definitely a player with fairly big question marks over his head now. Yeah, I definitely agree with this one. Like you said, it might not be the most in terms of, of falling in, in, in the rankings, but as far as a, a high-profile player, that you don't get much higher than, than Christian McCaffrey. I mean, when you are at the top, there's only one way you can really go, I guess, and then and so that's been down for McCaffrey. Had a couple of really frustrating seasons now. Um, he's only played 10 games over the over the last two years, but I do think there's there's no denying the talent when he is healthy. Um, he's proven back by the fact that he's averaged 21.7 fantasy points per game in those those 10 games that he has played over the last two years. And just to put that into perspective, when you look at the RB1 from this year, that's Jonathan Taylor. He averaged 21.8 fantasy points per game, so 0.1 of a difference. So he's still absolutely elite in terms of production when he is healthy. It's just, as we say, that that concerns when it comes to the injuries. Personally, I'm, I'm not going to overreact. I'm, I think I think it has got a bit out of control now, the fact that people are overreacting. I mean, he's still only 25 years old. He's finished as the RB10, RB2 and RB1 in his first three years. Um, and he hadn't missed a game through injury right up until that 2020 season. Just missed the one game in college as well. So, yeah, maybe is it more of a case of just bad luck with these injuries rather than this this label of injury prone that he's got? Personally, I, I think it is. But um, you've just got to look at his keep trade cut value. It's fallen down to, to RB5 and he's going as the 19th overall ranked player. So now he's moved right down to a, a mid-second in, in terms of startup picks, whereas like touched upon Wardy, he was... 
who was going right up at, at the top of the field. Even Suplex leagues, I've seen him go top three, even 101 in, in some leagues um, last off season. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a, a big fall for McCaffrey. And as I say, it's it's um, one of the most high-profile players that's that's definitely taken a hit in value. So my question back to you is, well, where would you be comfortable taking him right now in your dynasty startups? Um, yeah, so I think uh, you just touched on he's got sort of that middle second round. I probably wouldn't be comfortable taking him there just because I, I see, I think his sort of injuries are linked to his usage. So he sort of does everything, lines up everywhere. Yeah. And I think if they keep doing that with the injuries that he's had, you know, there's potential to just run him into the ground. So I'd possibly avoid in startup drafts his current price and possibly go for a like a younger wide receiver or something someone like that okay kev what's what's your feelings on mccaffrey yeah i think it depends on what how how um how into risk you are i think if you land in one of those top five qbs and you you you're going running back second round um to try and give you a bit of balance after a qb then i think he's probably worth that risk or Definitely in the third, if if not, yeah. if you're getting him as your third player with two solid assets, uh, a QB and a wide receiver, for example, then, yeah, I'd be happy jumping on board. I think he's going to be a guy that I go after this off-season in startups um, and also someone that's cheaper than McCaffrey as well, Saquon Barkley, similar guy that's been up there and dropped. They're two guys I'm happy to take a stab at as former heroes. Yeah, it was interesting as well that Wardy touched upon the fact that he is lined up everywhere. I thought last season, obviously, with the, the injuries that he, he had, I thought going into the season just gone that they might scale back that workload. Obviously, they drafted Tuba Hubbard. I thought he was going to maybe see a little bit more, give McCaffrey that little bit of a, a break, like you mentioned, Wardy. But even still, last year when he was healthy, he was he was seeing all the touches at, at the running back position. So, I mean, did they, did they start to see sense? next season maybe just take a little bit of that workload off him maybe he's not the the superhero that that they all that we all think he is but yeah definitely a, an interesting guy as, as we head into next season so with that we're now going to move on to your, your wide receiver value loser uh yeah so for that i've gone uh juju smith schuster um it's well it's probably because he's coming off the back of uh sort of like a really injury hit season um and the season before that, you know, his sort of quarterback play wasn't the best, but he's, he's sort of gone from a guy that most people had a lot of sort of hope for and were looking at his potential to now he's coming into an off-season where you don't know where he's going to land. He could potentially go back to Pittsburgh. Obviously, that, that brings a lot of danger with the question marks at QB. Um, or he could go to someone you know, who it, it could thrive in. So there's a lot of risk baked into him, but I think he's sort of the the loser at the wide receiver position. Yeah, I certainly agree with the selection. Uh, someone I actually think we could be talking about if we'd done this show in a year's time, he could be actually in the value selection at the start of the show at that ranking wide receiver 34. I think there's scope for him to move up quite considerably. I think he's suffered from his really hot start to his NFL career. Came into the league really young and looked great playing alongside that head case, Antonio Brown. He's <laughs> just not really looked the same player since. I think he's been more focused on his TikTok dances than his football production. So I, for one, I hope he gets a change of scenery and he does land with a competent quarterback because 
We've seen him have a wide receiver one season before. The talent is undeniably there. And as you mentioned, if he does re-sign in Pittsburgh, as he did last off-season, I can I can understand it coming off an injury hit season. I think he could possibly sign a cheaper deal with them again. Um, but I just think it would be disastrous, not just for him, but for Chase Claypool, the current wide receiver too there. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, the big question mark over quarterback. If that if he does re-sign, I think I'll just continue to avoid him in this if this scenario plays out. Um, but I think if he did want to go after Juju and Dynasty at that wide receiver 34 value, I think the time is now to to try and do it. Um, so, Wardy, what would you pay to acquire Juju right now in in Dynasty? Oh, that's a good question. Um, if I had, I'd probably even say like a late first round pick, I'd definitely be interested um, mm-hmm. because I just think the potential, you know, we've seen how good of a player he is when he's not injured, when he's got, um, you know, competent quarterback play. Um, and to be honest, I think, like you say, I think his value probably is the only way is up. Because if he can stay injury-free, then I think he's definitely due a value increase. Um, it, I mean, let's get weird. Let's say he goes to LA Chargers as the wide receiver too. You know, it's, Hello. It, 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 <laughs> his value is going to absolutely skyrocket and he's in a really good situation. So, yeah, yeah, I'm all for buying and drafting Juju this season or this off-season, I should say. Yeah, it feels like deja vu me uh, this one to me. Obviously, it was the exact same last off season. I was just like, like we've just been talking about getting super excited. The thought of him moving somewhere else. There was rumours of of Kansas City Chiefs looking at him. I was thinking, wow, this is this is going to be incredible if he goes somewhere. And then he decides to take that team friendly deal, goes back to the Steelers, and sadly it didn't work out. So it feels like we're doing it all over again this this off season. But like it touched upon, if he does get that move, I mean, you've just said charges that. Wow, that would uh, yeah, that'd definitely definitely be an exciting one. Or, or like I said, the Chiefs if they come back in for him, we know that there's there's going to be some some spots available uh, available for him over there. So, yeah, there's definitely some nice landing spots for for Juju. Kev, have you got any any landing spots that you'd you'd get excited about with Juju? Um, I'm going to pinch one of Wardy's earlier from uh, the Colts. I think Pittman's yeah. a great outside guy. There's going to be a space for that sort of. Z receiver that plays off the line. Uh, we, we know that Juju's played most of his career in the slot, so yeah. um, that, that's also wide open for him, so that makes sense. Uh, but I think the good thing about if you're interested in Juju is he's probably worth a late first, but depending how your draft board goes, a lot of people will fancy taking a stab on one of these upside wide receivers in this rookie class. If there's a George Pickens there at the 201-202, I can see a lot of people wanting that pick rather than Juju, which mm-hmm. is probably the wrong process. It's probably getting excited, but uh, rookie favour, you know it is. <laughs> Absolutely. It's uh, it's going to be in full effect in, in the coming weeks, and, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And well, if it is George Pickens, then I'll probably be uh, taking the pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've just been saying that, that people may be taking the wrong process going for the rookies, and, and you'll be there smashing smashing the death <laughs> button on, on Pickens. <laughs> uh, so with that, we're now going to move to the last position, the tight end position. Who's your value loser um, at the tight end position? Uh, so I've gone for Noah Fan, um, just because we're sort of seemingly every off-season we talk about his potential and how athletic he is but just in his current situation at the minute there's just too many mouths to feed and there's not a good enough quarterback there at the minute to to feed all those 
Mouths. Um, I, yeah, I just think the situation is in. We're probably not going to see the Noah fan that we should. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's sort of gone from, what, tight end seven to tight end nine. But just every season, it feels like that's getting less and less. Yeah, I think I think an easy pick for value loser would be a scrub like Robert Tunyon, but I do appreciate the no offense selection on on this show because it's made it interesting and I don't really want to talk about Tunyon. Um <laughs> and I think you've hit the nail on the head with this evaluation. Um I get that he's twenty four years old, he's a former first round pick, and his player profile page looks like uh, the NYC skyline, uh, all them bars <laughs> really high. Uh, but he took a step back in 2021. Plus, I do think there's a fair bit to worry about. The the new coach and GM has no ties to fan. He wasn't drafted by this GM. Um, the target competition you mentioned, the three wide receivers have got are all very decent. Albert O, he gets a lot of love. Uh, the two running backs, both competent pass catchers. The QB questions, you're hoping for that bump, but... How often the franchise QBs become free agents or get traded? They're often unattainable. What if it is Teddy Bridgewater or a rookie as his QB again? I think fans analytics show that he is volume dependent as well. So he's looking to me like a more recent version of David Njoku, a stud athlete who's needing a new situation to shine. So hypothetical question for you. I know Ali likes them sort of questions, but um, if you could drop Fant onto another roster for Dynasty, which team do you think could help him reach his massive dynasty potential? Um, I'm going to say Miami Dolphins, and that's with <laughs> Mike Secchi going. Um, and I'm just purely going to base it on uh, the offense that Mike McDaniel's going to bring. Tight ends are, have always thrived in that. So you look at George Kittle, when he's not been injured, has had a, a big year, always been involved. Um, and I think, you know, another weapon like that for Tua if he can possibly get the same sort of usage as Agasiki, you know, he's, I think in Miami, it could be in for a big year, but I've also got uh, Jacksonville as well. So like a big time weapon for, for Trevor Lawrence. I think the, the potential there for Trevor Lawrence to become really good and a player like Noah Fan will definitely help. Better than James O'Shaughnessy anyway. Yeah, Matt's absolutely fuming because uh, obviously <laughs> he's a big Dan Arnold fan. So over, over to you, Matt. I don't know where these these um, these <laughs> things come from. Why, why, why do you always bang on about Dan Arnold? It's, uh, it's disrespectful. <laughs> um, now I think Miami, you're, you're giving away the fact that you're a, a Dolphins fan, Wardy, by, by picking Miami. But yeah. yeah, I think you make a great point going from one athletic tight end to another and. And hopefully fan can can step in and, and as you say give Tua that boost to as a guy that kev obviously i know you're you're super high on Tua, and um, myself as well really yeah. really like Tua. so it will be great to <laughs> to see him get a weapon and that kind of hints at, at the next section that we're now going to move on to which is the wild card section um this is a an area where we get as guests to give a, a pick of a player that they believe uh, can be their fantasy wildcard to a guy that's going to improve their dynasty value the most in 2022. So, Wardy, who is your wildcard selection? Well, being the home of that I am and keeping the <laughs> dolphin colours on, I'm going to go with Tua Tonga Vailoa. Yeah. Um, and that's just because it, it feels sort of like it's now or never for Tua. Um, we're getting an offensive guru in in uh, Mike McDaniel. And if if... Miami Mike can't sort him, then then no one can. So, he's, 
everybody's I'd, I'd probably say most people are quite like down on tour which is fair enough after the year that is is come off um it's not sort of progressed as you look at joe burrow and justin herbert who we got drafted with but in terms of somebody who can just i genuinely think he can go top 10 let's let's go wild nice. top 10 for wow. tour. Um, <laughs> you know we'll get all the rpos and the play action it'll be rushing more jalen waddle will get free more Miami are going to win the Super Bowl. I think you're getting a bit too excited there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, is that Kamar Ali talking? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I really wasn't surprised to see Tua as the selection uh, for wild card from you, Wardy. But, but we're all big fans of Tua here. Um, he was my quarterback one of the 2020 class. Right now, that doesn't look great, but I do think he has a chance to kick on in 2022. And kick on, I think he'll have to do, or I think the Dolphins will start looking elsewhere. But I am excited to see the Dolphins' offence as a whole this season. I think, obviously, you're going to be going through a lot of changes. New coach and staff, likely new running backs. Definitely be adding to that wide receiver room. And then Mike Jasicki, as we mentioned, is he going to be leaving? There's certainly lots of question marks. Um, so I do see this as a bit of a little reset for Tua. Um, he's not had the best start. But this offense as a whole hasn't been great, minus obviously Jalen Waddle last year. And um, we love the hire of Mike McDaniel. He certainly sounds like he's excited to work with Tua. Um, and then just just get him another really good wide receiver to sit along Waddle, and then a pass catch and running back. And I think that Tua, I think he can reach fringe quarterback one production. So top twelve, I wouldn't be surprised. So I think that quarterback seventeen ranking on keep trade cut is is fair right now. He's quarterback sixteen in my rankings and. I just think once you get past Tua at 16, 17, I think you really start to get to the quarterbacks with lots of question marks. And I do think, unfortunately, if if Tua doesn't answer them questions, I think he will he will join that lot come next offseason. So I'm really hoping he does step up in 2022. Um, but personally, I'm happy to move off him at that ranking at the minute. On keep trade cut, I'm a bit amazed to see that the guy going one spot below him is... Aaron Rodgers. Um, I just thought I'd rather have yeah. Rodgers on my roster. Mm. Um, but yeah, a question for you, Wardy, is that keep trade cut ranking of quarterback 17. What do you see Tua Zealand being in 2022? And would you be buying at quarterback 17? Or do you think that's a fair ranking? Um, yeah, uh, definitely buying. Um, I think the <laughs> offence that Mike McDaniel brings... He, he's got to help him, you know, it's really got to help him. Um, I know we've hired uh, Los Angeles Chargers uh, offensive line coach who did a really good job there. So hopefully we're going to go from the worst ranked offensive line to I'll just take a decent one at this stage. <laughs> and that's all, all that's definitely going to play into to his hands. Um, we've seen that Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel offense, I mean, look what he's done with Jimmy Garoppolo, you know. I really do believe he's going to go to somewhere else and just be completely awful. So, um, yeah, definitely buying him. Um, and sort of, where can I see him going? I'll probably say top 12, top 10, um, depending on his rushing. We've not seen it in the pros, but at Alabama, he was definitely you know, a, um, a rushing kind of quarterback. So hopefully Mike McDaniel brings that side out of him as well. 
Yeah, I think first of all, it's, I, I won't I won't touch on to it just straight away, but a name came up then, Jimmy G, and I, I'd like to publicly <laughs> apologise to you, Wardy, because before the season, I, I, I basically said I thought it was laughable that you suggested he might start quite a few games and uh, as as usual i was proven wrong so just like to publicly apologize for for that one wardy um but yeah anyway back to tour um it's a, it's a killer for me this like ali was my qb1 of that class uh, but it's been a horrific situation with that coach and that offensive talent i don't think he's had a fair crack of the whip under flores we still don't know truly what to it is who he is um all i do know is this is his make or break season for him uh, real life i'm still 100 percent in though six and three as a starter as a rookie seven and four in 2021 so he's got he's 13 and seven as a starter with pretty laughable sport um i think he's still got the potential to be a really solid franchise qb i'm just more concerned about his fantasy ceiling um he's averaging around about 10 rush yards a game um and then that San Francisco system that's coming over, will he become a game manager? Will they let him run a little bit? I'm hoping so, because I do think he's got that in his locker. He did show it a little bit in college at Alabama. Um, and obviously the weapons and talent has got to improve around him. It's the only way he's up, as you, you mentioned. Um, but he's going to need elite efficiency if he's not getting those rush yards. Uh, so maybe there'll be rookies, uh, rookie QBs out there with a higher ceiling than two, potentially. There's a few decent... QB threats that are raw, they are probably more boom busts than two, but uh, with that rush upside, maybe a higher ceiling. So I just want to know, it might be a stupid question for me to ask <laughs> the Miami fan this question, but um, would you take any of the rookie QBs over two in a startup? Um, there's probably only one, um, and it depends on his draft capital, and it'll be Malik <laughs> Willis. Um, if he gets first round draft capital then i am absolutely all over him um but i just think with the the risk that's associated with the other rookie qbs that are coming i think there's so many question marks you know people have got two or three in the top 10 people have got you know two or three in the first round and that's it so it's a bit all over the place at the minute um but yeah I'd, like like for all the reasons you've just mentioned to a probably will and definitely should have a a better year and a career year so i'll only go malik willis if if he gets first round draft capital if he does get go on matt i'll let you i was just gonna say i i feel like what do you you're not on your own with that i think if malik willis gets that first round draft capital he's gonna shoot up everybody's uh rookie rankings i think he's gonna be consensus qb1 if if he does get that draft capital i think the only thing holding people back at the moment is that uncertainty but yeah kev what, what was you gonna mention i was just gonna ask about willis like if he gets round one draft capital how high would he be in your rankings like would he be above elite qbs like jalen hurts <laughs> <laughs> well, in my rankings, oh yes. Um, no, I don't know. Um, it's really difficult because I've seen sort of bits of the the senior bowl, and, and he's he looks quite a raw prospect. So, in terms of year one um, production, wherever he goes, I'd be comfortable if he's just going to sit for the entire year. I know that's probably yeah. not the best thing to to say from a fantasy perspective but <laughs> in terms of how raw he is and if he's going to reach the ceiling that he can um yeah he i've definitely want him to to sit for a year 
Yeah, I think you make a great point. As well as draft capital, I think landing spot's gonna gonna be key as well for for Willis. Seeing if he if he is forced into starting, if he ends up somewhere like Washington, maybe is thrown at the deep end and, and has to start week one. Whereas there's definitely landing spots where hopefully he can can sit that year a little bit like Trey Lance this year, and and then hopefully we can we can see a much better Malik Willis than than what we perhaps see if he, he was to start week one. But yeah, I think overall, Wardy, I think you've you've nailed it with the selection. I think we all. We'll enjoy that. We were all super high on tour item as well as my, my QB one in that draft class. So, yeah, I think we're all definitely hoping he, he takes that step forward. So, yeah, great, a great selection. And with that, that brings us to the end of the show where we've discussed Wardy's dynasty value winners and, and losers from the 2021 season. So before you go, Wardy, please let the audience know where they can find you and anything that you, you might want to plug. Uh, yeah, so I um, work over at... Uh at ff underscore collective that's collective with a k uh, and no e because we're just you know unique cool. and also <laughs> collective bets it's sort of our new branch of the collective so you can get that at collective with a k no e bets uh but yeah no thank you guys for having me on it's been a enjoyable show appreciate that's- it Absolutely, and everyone can go and follow Wardy at Wardy96, like I mentioned at the start, with those those three whys. And uh, with three that, we've got any any closing thoughts, guys, on, on today's show. Ali, we'll start with you. Yeah, I've loved having you on, Wardy. Um, our first British guest of 2022, so yeah. it's been a great start to the to the year. Um, and then I, I do think it's a great time to look at some of these players who we've mentioned who saw their values either rise up or fall so dramatically and just identify if there's any similarities between them then maybe you can identify some players who who you think are currently undervalued and have the potential like these guys for a big rise in 2022 so just go and trust your rankings and values and on these players and go go and trade for them and especially right now where you can take advantage of the the rookie hype right now yeah i just want to echo what ali said and thank you for coming on wadi we've had a great time made some cracking selections uh, i mean first of all you're a brit you're one of those Brits that's come on. And then the second thing, you're also a Yorkshire man. So absolute thumbs up from me and Matt to, to get a fellow Yorkshire man on is uh, pretty amazing. Um, yeah, I think the key message to the, to the listeners from the show is that you can have players that rise in value in your eyes, but they can still become a sell or vice versa. And then the other, the other thing is just being over stubborn or overconfident it's going to get you in trouble so i think identifying risky players and pivoting is big to continue adding value to your roster yeah and i'll just add again it, it's been great having you on board you're nice to to finally be able to put a, a face to the name obviously i've got to know you over the last few years so it's great to, to have you on and like Kev said, you made some fantastic selections. So thank you for coming on. And and yeah, like Kev said to the listeners, I always find it really interesting looking back at, at these these previous years and, and the way that the, the values change over, over the year. Um I'd strongly recommend that you don't go looking at your previous trades from, from last off season because that can be an absolute <laughs> emotional roller coaster. I've only got to look at some of the leagues that we're in together and uh, yeah, I feel like a bit of a an idiot with some of some of those trades. So I would strongly recommend that you you don't go looking back in and obsessing over these these um these uh changes in value. But yeah, and with also, that thank, 
Go on, Kev. I just want to I just want to jump in. I'm really sorry, Matt, because I no, could just see right. that you are building up for a big finish and I've I was just, I was on a roll, but it's all right. I'll let I've you just, off. You you've got something important to say, clearly. I just want to really, really important to mention that you're a lot nicer than Rich Miz, who um <laughs> used to be our, our co host on this show and he's good friends with Wardy. So um yeah, I just yeah. want to thank you for <laughs> well, yeah, lo- loosely, loose term, yeah. but yeah, just uh, a lot nicer than Rich. So Interesting, Rich. Yeah, um, it's not hard. It's it's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame that we couldn't have had an hour just uh, ripping into Rich because that would have. Uh, it's all right. I'm hard. with him. I'm with him on Sunday for football, so I'll just spend ninety minutes ripping into him. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah. <laughs> so with that thanks for tuning in and be sure to subscribe and follow us over on twitter at fantasy wildcard also if you could please do leave us a five-star podcast review as it, it really helps uh, with getting us exposure to a, a wider audience so thank you if, you if you can do that for us and be sure to join us on our next show which drops as a podcast next tuesday the 22nd of february there's a stream on Wednesday, the 23rd of February at 8 p.m. UK time, where we're going to be previewing the quarterback and running back free agents from a dynasty perspective. So with that, thank you once again. Have a good one, and we'll see you again soon. Cheers, guys. Thank you. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.